The John Morris Show, episode 86. 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey there, my name's John Morris. I'm a former U.S. Army veteran turned freelance web developer. And my goal for you at this podcast is twofold. First, I want to help you learn how to code. Second, I want to help you turn that code into a full-time living. Because if you're like me, what you want is the freedom, the satisfaction, and the income that you get from being a high-profile web developer. So if that's you, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube so you never miss an episode. You can find all my past episodes and get subscribed at johnmorrisonline.com slash johnmorrisshow. Also, as you get value from the show, consider becoming a supporting listener on Patreon because you'll help keep the show free for everyone and you'll get access to exclusive courses, source code, and Q&A sessions available only to supporting listeners. Visit johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, to become a supporting listener. All right, let's get into this episode. Ah, the interwebs. You gotta love them. They have this way of bringing the know-it-alls out of the woodwork Crawling and creeping up from their mom's basements and into the light for all of us to see. Or, if you're like me, maybe point and laugh at now and again. But this guy that I recently had a Twitter altercation with, as far as trolls go, he takes the cake. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. Alright, I want to I wanna get into this Twitter trolling and this ha- deals with why client freelance clients lowball you. Now, if you remember, I did an episode on this a few episodes back. You can go look in the archives and you can see it if you want to get some context for this. But as with every episode, I tweeted it out. And this guy was responding to the tweet that I had sent out about that episode. And now I want to make sure I make this clear. My intent here really isn't, I could care less about this guy. I mean, I this kind of thing I get all the time. But when there's a, a, a point to be made from something like this, I want to make sure and bring it up. And of course, <laughs> as I do that, I'm going to have a little fun and entertain myself. So I don't want you to, I don't want you to, this isn't really about this person. I don't really care what their opinion is. It's more about you and you falling for this kind of stuff. And because I think there's a lot of freelancers out there who think this exact same thing. And I want to knock this mentality dead. This mentality will kill you in your career. I'm going to say that as point blank as I can. This mentality will cause you to never have success as a freelancer. All right, so this is, Let's go through what he said. So in response to that uh, tweet I'd sent out, he was obviously listening to the episode and he said, what reality is this set in? Lowballers gonna lowball. The tolerance for negotiating is nearly nil. I had to turn off your pod after six minutes and 20 seconds into it. Your advice is incredibly tone deaf and disconnected from the client mindset. 
It's hardly ever about risk. Clients want to pay offshore freelancers pennies on the dollar. It shows in their payout stats. Whereas your advice is not based on quantifiable evidence, only your own personal point of view. Can I get my six minutes back? Now, I want to point out something here. This is actually a larger thing that you can see in all sorts of areas. If you happen to pay attention to politics, you can kind of see this thing uh, in politics quite a bit. But I want to point out something here with the argument that he made. He's essentially saying that I don't know what I'm talking about, that my point of view is based off of my personal or my opinion is based off my personal point of view and that I can't point to any quantifiable evidence for what I'm saying. Yet, in that same breath, he is te- he is essentially telling us his opinion on what it is. And the he tries to halfway point to some quantifiable ed- evidence when he says it shows in their payout stats. Right? But as I went back and forth with him on Twitter and pointed out to him, Payout stats say nothing about why somebody lowballs, only that they do, right? From someone's payout stats, you can only tell, okay, they they try and lowball, yeah. But it doesn't say anything about why. It doesn't explain why whatsoever. The only way you could figure out why would be to actually ask the client and ask a whole bunch of them and collect statistics on that, which as far as I know, nobody's done. Okay, so he's calling me out for giving an opinion that's not based off data when he's giving an opinion that's based off the wrong data. So <laughs> it's silly on its face. Okay. And I made sure and point, pointed that out to him. I, I don't even, the thing is, is I don't even, I didn't even argue the, the actual point here. I didn't even try and convince him because it's pointless. I simply pointed out to him that he was doing the same, same thing that, that he was accusing me of. So if you ever have to deal with trolls like this, make sure it's it's oftentimes it's pointless to go into the actual issue at hand unless they're actually have people who want to have a rational talk with you and a rational debate with you about something like that won't say it in language like this. They won't call you tone deaf, right? They they won't say can I get my 6 minutes back? They won't be all drama about it. They'll actually say hey, I disagree with this because they want to have an intellectual conversation. This is someone who just wants to feel right. They want to be right. They want to feel like they're, they know what they're talking about. And so that's why they do it in this manner. And so trying, trying to actually argue the point is, is pointless. Okay. Because they just want to be right and they're going to twist it and spin it however they need to, to be right. Well, that's a little bit of an aside there, but something for you when you're, again, as you navigate this, you're going to deal with people like this. You can't be scared of them. And the key is to figure out if they really are trying to be legitimate and make an actual point and have something to actually say. And if so, then, okay, let's have a discussion. But if not, don't even waste your time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you want to sit there and have fun with them, fine. But uh, I wouldn't even worry about it. So all that said, normally I'd have let this guy, I wouldn't have even responded. I would have let him go on his merry little way feeling superior without a word from me. However, as I said in the beginning, I see a lot of freelancers who deep down believe this same kind of nonsense. And 
So what I want you to do, the, you listening to this right now, I want you to stop everything else that's going on in your mind. And I want you to, for the next five seconds, ten seconds, just be really honest with yourself. You don't ever have to tell anybody. You don't have to admit it to me, any of that. But just be honest with yourself. Because I know that a lot of you listening to this right now believe what he tweeted next after everything I just read. His very next tweet said, your aunt, well, okay, I don't know if it was the very next tweet, but it was shortly thereafter. I should make sure I'm accurate with that. So he said, your answer to why is the focus. You blame the freelancer on baseless assumptions that do not represent the real culprit. And here's the keywords. Cheap SOBs. And that's the important point of all of this. What he's saying is the reason that people, clients lowball is that they're just cheap SOBs. It has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with what they're wanting you to build. It has nothing to do with anything else. They're just cheap SOBs. Now, how many of you believe that? Deep down, if you're really honest with yourself, you may not use those words, but you believe it's the client's fault. Right? You believe that they're, they're cheap. They just don't want to pay. I, I've, I know because I get emails from you about it. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I'll try to be a little nicer, what I told him when he s- sent that to me. I told him, and your answer to the why question is a baseless assumption for which you have no quantifiable evidence, and frankly, it's childish and it's lazy. It's way too easy to believe that. It's way too easy to believe. It's not my fault. I had nothing to do with it. It's that cheap SOB client. It's lazy mentally to think that that's the reason. When you have no evidence to actually show that it is. It's just what you want to believe. And here's the other thing about it. The, The important part of all of this is if you believe that, if you accept that idea, you're powerless to fix it because it's 100% on the client. It's all their fault. They're the ones that have to change. Well, good luck with that. So you've just stripped yourself of all your power to do anything about the situation. And I can tell you, if you do that, if that's the approach you take, you will always struggle with freelancing, and frankly, probably a lot of other areas of your life where you do that same thing. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 100% honest with you, give you everything up front. I'm biased. I'm biased when it comes to this. I'm biased towards blaming myself. In every situation where I encounter some sort of problem or roadblock, My mindset is to blame myself. That's my default. Now, to put that euphemistically, it would be to to look for the role I played in this situation. To try and empower myself somehow to change it. Now, that doesn't mean 
that in every situation I'm always 100% at fault. It doesn't mean that I can change every situation. But I'm going to tell you this. If you do that, if you take that approach to it, you're going to find things that you can change. You're going to find things that you could have done better. And the more you find those things and you fix them, then the more success you're going to experience. It doesn't matter what it is. So taking that default mindset of blaming yourself, of looking for what you did and what you can change, it empowers you. And it's not just some feel-good thing. It actually helps you get more results. But this other way of thinking that it's somebody else's fault, it's that cheap SOB client, frankly, that line of thinking is incredibly alluring. It's seductive almost and way, way, way too many freelancers fall for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And so that's why guys like this, when they see me talking about it, see me posting about it or hear me talk about it, that's why they hate me when I say, no, 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 no. That's not the case. Because they've fallen for this line of thinking and it just becomes so easy to keep doing. Keep blaming everybody else. Now, I'm not saying this because I haven't been there. Believe me, I grew up very, very, very poor. And I know a lot of people say they grew up poor, and I'm not trying to get in a who was poor contest, but I'm talking not eat for days at a time type poor. And I blamed my parents probably until about my mid-20s for how my life was. Conveniently ignoring the fact that I made a lot of stupid choices when I got out of high school that put me in the situation I was by my mid-20s. So, I know what it's like. I grew up my entire childhood angry at somebody else, blaming someone else, and I let it affect my life. And I can tell you where it leads, and it's not good. It's not pretty. So, I've been there. I understand it. The way out is to stop blaming everybody else and start blaming yourself. Now, don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, but look for what you can change. You can change. Empower yourself. Give yourself a chance. I mean, a lot of people in this mindset. You know what they they say, what I hear them say to to other people, I hear it all the time. Gosh, just give me a break. Somebody give me a break. Give yourself a break. Start there. Empower yourself. All right. Now, I want to go through two more things here. I got some statistical ease for you here in a second that I want to go through and actually talk about some stats since apparently we want quantifiable evidence, which, okay, fine. But I also, before we do that, I want you to just think about all this on its face. Just without even having to get into all that. And try to put your anger and your bias aside. And just imagine that it was you that was about to spend a few hundred or a few thousand dollars to hire someone. To build your baby. Remember, a lot of the websites and applications you're building for people, it's not just some website. It's their baby. It's the thing that they've been dreaming about for weeks or months or years 
as they see a, a they see it as a way out for them or a way for them to to do something they've always wanted to do and they're asking you to build it right so imagine that was you and this was that website or application you've you had dreamed of getting up and running and you'd spent months or maybe even years planning tweaking adjusting reconfiguring to get it just right would you really only be concerned with finding the lowest bidder? Would be paying the least amount of money you could to get this thing that you've been planning for months and years built? Would that be your primary number one consideration? Of course not. Now, yes, budgets matter, right? You have the money you have. You can spend what you can spend. But I'm telling you right now, most clients don't lowball because of their budget. Now, some do. Some, that's all the money they got. But not most. Not, not the clients I'm talking about getting. They lowball because it's less money they're risking. Period. Now, I, I actually do this all the time. If you look at your own purchase habits, you'll probably see that you do it all the time. Matter of fact, I just did it the other day. I needed a pair of brown dress shoes. And so I went online looking for some brown dress shoes. I found some on a site that I really liked, but I didn't know the site. And so what did I do? I went over to Amazon and I searched for the exact same brand of shoe over on Amazon and found them there. Now I had to pay about 10 bucks more for them. But I paid it gladly because I bought item after item after item after item from Amazon. I trust Amazon. I know I'm going to get my stuff. I know it's going to be in good shape. I know if it's not, I can get a hold of them and they'll take care of it. I do this, I actually do this all the time with stuff I buy. I'll look for something online. When I find it, I'll see if it's on Amazon. If it's on Amazon, I buy it there. It's less risk. That's what matters is risk. There's one thing that you could like tattoo across your forehead when it comes to getting clients. It's risk. Now, let me finally drive this home with some actual quantifiable evidence for you. As far as I know, as I mentioned earlier, nobody has done a comprehensive study and statistical analysis surveying freelance clients, asking them why they lowball. I don't know that that study exists. So to Stevie Pooh's point about not having quantifiable evidence, no, Sherlock. Neither do you. That said, though, let's see if we can not be nitpicking twits and take a look at some related data that might actually help us figure this out. Let's try to give ourselves a hand here. So here's some stats that I think will make this crystal clear. For example, according to research done by DeFacto, which is a online it's a or not an online it's a research company that does it for financial products and so forth this is what they do 55% of customers would pay extra 
to guarantee better service. They'd pay extra. Sounds like some cheapskates, right? Also, 89% of consumers have stopped doing business with a company after experiencing poor customer service. Not ridiculous pricing, poor customer service. Sounds like people only care about cost, right? Let's keep going. A customer is four times more likely to buy from a competitor if the problem is service-related versus price or product-related. Hmm. I think I'm starting to sense a pattern. Lastly, in 2011, 7 in 10 Americans said they were willing to spend more with companies they believed provided excellent customer service. So they were willing to spend more for excellent customer service. I'm starting to think that maybe Stevie Boy might be a bit confused. And frankly, I could do this all day. I could go on and on and on hitting you with stats that aren't freelance clients, but give you some insight into the mind of somebody who's paying money for something. The fact is, clients will pay if they believe it's worth it. You have to make them believe it's worth it. That is your job, not theirs. It's not their job to just trust you. You have to make them believe that you're worth more. If you don't do that, then yes, you'll be stuck competing on price. When I hear somebody say this type of thing, that clients are just cheap SOBs, I'm always stuck competing on price, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What that tells me is that person is not doing their job correctly. They're not selling themselves right. That's your job to do. So quit blaming (laughs) the client. Quit disempowering yourself. Understand what it takes to actually do that. To actually convince clients that you're worth the extra money. If you have to, get risk tattooed across your forehead so every time you look in the mirror, okay, don't do that. But, you know, maybe maybe get it on your, your forearm or get a little sticker. How about that? And, and, and recognize that it's your job. You have to do that. It's not their job to just trust you. And it all, if you notice... With the stats I was pointing to, for example, four times more likely to buy from a competitor if the problem is service-related versus price or product. That's something I harp on all the time. I got in another little spat because I said the quality of your code is not, it's not about the quality of your code. That's only so much. It's about the service. It's about the experience. 
It's also not about the price. That's the other side of this. It's not about the product. It's not about the price. It's about the service you deliver. Now, again, product and price matter. Got to have a good product. You have to have a reasonable price. But those aren't the things that are going to make you wildly successful. It's how you serve people. It's the experience you provide. Now, all that said, you could, if you wanted, avoid all of this heartache and take my advice, which is you could join the inner circle of web developers fast-forwarding their careers. You could start actually living the life you dreamed of when you first got into coding. And you could do it by gaining access to my step-by-step freelancing blueprint the Upwork Checklist, which you can get as a supporting listener over on Patreon at johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. You'll be helping to support the show so I can continue to give you these lessons day after day after day. You'll allow me to continue to do this instead of having to work with clients more and more, which takes away from my time that I can do this. You'll also be helping other people who legitimately can't afford all of the good paid training that's out there. There's a lot of good paid training out there, but they legitimately can't afford it. They're either in a situation like I was growing up where they really don't have 20 bucks or a lot of them are, they live in, they live outside the United States in countries where $20 is a ton of money in their particular currency and they just can't afford it. You get to help those people too by allowing me to continue to do these lessons and put them up on YouTube for free. But then you're also going to get access to all of this other stuff, the Upwork Checklist, PHP 101, which I'm going to be releasing soon, Lightning Responsive, which is a course I charged 200 bucks for just a few years ago, and shows you how I used responsive web designs to get local clients and make a bunch of money doing it. Okay, so all of that's inside of uh, Patreon available waiting for you, johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. So you can do that, or hey, you can go hang with Stevie Boy if you want. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, be sure to like it so that I know that you dig this kind of content. If you know somebody who'd benefit from this, which I guarantee you know another developer who needs to hear this, I'd appreciate if you'd share it with them. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode because you definitely wouldn't want to do that. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.